never forget why you are the church. Happy Lord, say amen. You may be seated this morning. I don't know if y'all realize or not, but you uh, clapped that entire stinking song. Give yourselves a round of applause this morning. That was so good. I guess it was Jay begging. We need y'all to clap. Please clap. <laughs> That's good stuff. And I also don't know if you realize it or not, but uh, I know that tambourine looks like it's an easy uh, piece of equipment. Um, but to be able to do that and sing and really keep it in tempo the entire time, that was very impressive, Melanie. So good for That was just really good. So we're going to be back in Romans chapter 1 this morning. So turn your Bibles to uh, the book of Romans this morning. Now, last week, we kicked off this great letter with the title, Know Your Role. Know Your Role. Did you know there is comfort in knowing who we are and what you're supposed to do? I don't know if there's anything worse than not knowing what you're supposed to do when there's something to do. Amen? As a matter of fact, uh, I've, I've worked, I've actually done some manual labor in my time. I know it doesn't look like it or I don't act like it, but I have. You know, my hands have gotten a few calluses. that I don't know where they went, but they were there at one point. But, uh, you know, I've, I've worked in the yard, you know, but I worked with uh, Brother Randy a few times. It's been a while, but he would call me, you know, on a day and I'd, I'd go out and help him and stuff. And, man, you know, I said, well, I don't really know how to weld. I don't know how to do all these things, man. And, and he said, no, I just need you to do that. I just need you to do what I tell you to do when I tell you to do it. I was like, yes, sir, I'll be there. And uh, usually I got some free Zaxby's out of it, so it was worth the day, you know what I'm saying? And, of course, you know, he paid and all that good stuff. But there was nothing worse than, man, watching him work, because, you know, he's a hard worker, and me thinking I have no idea what to do to help, right? And so I'll be sitting there, you know, and I'll be like, man, I need to do something, but I'm, if I try to do something on my own, I'm probably going to break something. So then finally he would say, okay, hey, I need you to do this, and I'd jump up, and I'd be excited because now I have something to do. Listen. It is good to know your role in the church. It is good to know your role within the family and the body of Christ. It is good to know what you are to do and why you are to do it. We have examined the first part of Paul's greeting. In, ver in verse 1 of chapter 1, it says this, Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ. See, Paul knew who he was was. There was no doubting it. There was no being ashamed of it. He was a servant. That means a slave to Jesus Christ. Why is that so important to know? Well, if you remember the words of Jesus in Matthew 6, 24, it says this. This is what Jesus said. No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. The question that we must answer today is very simple. Who do you serve? Do you serve God or do you serve sin? The Bible also says he who commits sin is the servant of sin. I want you to know something. If you're here this morning and you think that you can just kind of flirt with sin a little bit, you can flirt with just, well, I'm just going to dabble in sin. I'm just going to do just enough to kind of get that, that, that craving uh, kind of down a little bit. Let me just tell you something. It's going to take you further than you ever planned to go, keep you longer than you ever wanted to stay, and it's going to wear you out. Understand, you don't mess 
was something that Jesus had to die for. Understand, he had to give his life for it. We ought not to live our lives messing with it, right? Amen? So we move on this morning, though. We know that we are to be a slave of Jesus Christ, a servant, a bondservant. We also see here that he was not just a servant of Christ, but number two, Paul was called. Look again at verse one. Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle. We're going to continue to title, Know Your Role. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this morning. God, I thank you that we just are, I thank you for the excitement and the joy that there is in the house of the Lord. God, I ask you, Lord, that you uh, use this vessel, God, for an honorable use this morning. God, I pray you strengthen me to preach this with power, liberty, and clarity, God. And I pray that we understand that we are called to be saints. God, if there is someone here, Lord, that does not know your son Jesus as Lord and Savior, God, I pray today is the day of salvation by them confessing with their mouth the Lord Jesus, believing in their heart that you raised him from the dead, you told us that they will be saved. So, God, I pray that we can celebrate that today. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Before we go any further, I want to clarify something. Paul was called to be an apostle. I'm going to go ahead and go out on a whim here today. You are not called to be an apostle. Okay? So don't take this like, oh, this is specifically for me. If Paul was an apostle, then I can be an apostle. Well, I'm not going to go too deep into it for time's sake. But, but really, you need to understand that there are qualifications of an apostle, the office of an apostle that we cannot meet today. So if you hear someone say, well, I am apostle so-and-so, and you cannot question what I say because what I say is the word of God, you better run away. Because let me just tell you something. I am reading to you and preaching to you the word of God. I'm not making this up. I'm not fabricating it. If it's not from the book, I'm not going to preach it. Amen? So just understand, just because Paul was called to be an apostle doesn't mean you are. You are called. But an apostle, that word apostle means messenger or one sent out. This is a person who is sent out with delegated authority. We see this in Matthew uh, chapter 10. It says this. We're going to read verses 1 through 5. It says, And when he had called unto him his 12 disciples, he gave them power against unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. Now the name of the 12 apostles are these. The first Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, and Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas, and Matthew the publican, James the son of Alphaeus, and Lebius, and whose surname was Thaddeus, and Simon the Canaanite, and Judas Iscariot, who also betrayed him. These twelve Jesus sent forth, right? Jesus sent them forth with delegated authority. This position of apostle, this calling to the office of apostle is no longer, however, necessary today. You say, well, well how, what, are the, what is the evidence of that? Well, let's look at Ephesians chapter 2. Now, I'm trying to set the pace here just so we don't get confused this morning. Ephesians chapter 2 says this, now, therefore, ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God and are built upon a foundation of the apostles. Everyone say foundation, foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. Has anyone ever built something like a house? Has anyone ever, you know, built something that had a foundation? How about that? How's that sound? 
How many times you laid a foundation? Once. Hopefully, if you're a good builder, right? You know what I'm saying? I probably have to, you know, you know, tinker with it a little bit, but that's okay. But you build a foundation one time. Why? Because you only need one foundation. So in other words, when we're talking about here, it says right here, and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being a chief cornerstone, that foundation was laid once and for all. Now, where does that leave us today? What what does that mean for us today? Well, let's focus on that word called. This word has been thrown around quite flippantly in modern religious circles, right? Well, I feel called to do this. Well, I feel led to do this. Hey, where are you going to lunch? Well, we're just going to pray about it and see where God would have us. Oh, God said Cracker Barrel. Like all these things. Listen, we just throw it around so flippantly. Do we actually understand how important it is to, to know that we are called by God? We must never joke or take lightly a call from God. First off, who are the called? Well, the called are those who respond by faith to God's call. That's the called. I hear frequently, I just don't know what I am called to do. Uh, Well, preacher, you talk about this little thing that we have going over here where where we're going to put teams together and try to minister in a more streamlined and and, and gifted way and all these things. I just don't really know what God's calling me to do or hear me. What you are called to do is determined by who called you in the first place. So your call is dependent upon the caller. Let's think about Paul before his conversion. Who sent him? He was on the road to Damascus. Hold on. He was on the road to Damascus before his conversion. Who sent him? Think about this for a second. It was the Jewish leaders who sent then Saul to capture and imprison Christians in Damascus. In other words, what happened was he had the authority delegated to him to be sent forth to go and prison Christians. He was sent out. His calling was determined on who called him, who sent him. But on the way, we know what happened, amen? This is really cool, by the way. Aren't you glad that that God can call us anywhere? That's good stuff. People say, well, I'm not at church. I can't get saved. Well, that's silly. Who told you that? Because they done lied to you. Listen, hey, God's work of salvation is not uh, limited to these four walls, amen? God's work of salvation. Listen, I don't care. I, I had a friend that got saved in the woods. Literally, he came out of woods. And I, I'm, I kid you not. Came out of woods all happy. I was like, dude, what's going on? He said, man, I just gave my life to the Lord. I was like, what are you talking about? He said, I was walking in the woods. I realized I was lost. So I called upon the name of the Lord, and now I'm saved. That's good stuff right there, ain't it? Listen, that's how, that's how it can work. But right there, see, Jesus Christ called Paul to do what? Well, look at Acts chapter 9. And Saul, yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord, went unto the high priest and desired of him letters to Damascus, to the synagogues, that if he found any of this way, whether they were men or women, he might bring them bound unto Jerusalem. And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly there shined round about him a light from heaven. And he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And he said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And verse 5 says this. Do we have verse 5 there? No verse 5? Ooh, we'll have to turn to verse 5. That's all right. Everyone turn to Acts chapter 9 with me. (laughs) Oh, it's there? 
Woo. Oh, I'm sorry. Verse 6 says, we'll go to verse 6. And he, trembling, and a, man, Janae, I got so confused just then, girl. And that was not you, that was me. And he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. Can you imagine this encounter with Jesus? See, he was on the way. He has been sent out on a mission by the, by the chief priest in the synagogue. He had the authority of the religious elite to do what he was doing. He was called to do it. However, I want you to hear this. When God calls you to something, when God sends you out, it trumps any other call. I want you to realize that. I want you to know, listen, hey, uh, when, when I was going into college, right, man, I, there, was, there was something that I wanted to do. It was very obvious. I wanted to go and, and, and do what my dad does. I was going to go into the pavement restoration industry. I was going to go into a really awesome program at MTSU, and I did do that. I did graduate from that. But, man, my, 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 my calling, my sending out was to go make as much money, go do all the business I can, everything. Man, it was going to be great. It was going to be awesome, and I was going to be educated. I got the gene, the sales gene from dad. It was going to do good. And then all of a sudden, guess what? God called me to something different. And you know what's crazy about it? Listen, hey, I never one time, and, and I'm going to tell my dad, and it, it, it was in the authenticity of his heart. He said, Jacob, you sure you can't do both? <laughs> I was like, no, I can't do both. But listen, when God called me to the gospel ministry, when God called me to, 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 to be a preacher, a pastor of a church, listen, I want you to know something right now. I want you to realize that in that moment when he called me, I was so sure of the calling that God had given me, I never one time thought twice about not doing what I was going to do before that. Why? Because God's call trumps everything else. So what did God call Paul to do? Arise and go. Now, you may, not be an, you may not be in the office of an apostle, right? We don't have to have any more foundation. We're, we're building blocks upon the foundation now. But I want you to know the call of God is the same. Arise and go. Church, hear me. Sometimes God calls us to go even when we don't know all the details so to test and strengthen our faith in him. You don't believe me? All the way back in Genesis chapter 12, verse 1, I don't know if we have that or not, but it says this, when Abraham, he was called, there we go, now the Lord had said unto Abram, get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee. Could you imagine leaving your home because God said so and saying, God, where are we going? That way. That's exactly what it did for Abram. God, I know you called me to go. I know you called me to do something. What am I supposed to do? Just arise and go. Trust me. Now, now here's the thing. If Abram would not have followed that call, now granted, and I'm going to get there for a second, but if Abram would not have, not have obeyed the call to get out of where he was and to go into the land that God would show him, I wonder if the promise would have been fulfilled. Now, we can sit here and say, well, God might have used someone else and this and that, but God chose to use Abram. And God called Abram to arise and go out of the land to a land that he will show him. And we know how that 
worked out. This is not to confuse us, by the way. When God calls you to something and you don't know all the details, it's not to confuse you. It's, not, it's, it's simply to strengthen you in your faith. For those who need to know everything before they do anything. By the way, who is like that? Who needs to know every single detail before something gets done? Raise your hand. It's okay. Be honest. All right. Who wasn't honest just then? Who should have raised their hand? Okay. Yeah, all around. Okay, I, I, I get you. Listen, I'm not necessarily like that. I'm kind of like, hey, you know what? We're going. Let's go. Let's make it happen. You know what I'm saying? It'll get done when we get there. But, but listen, if you're like that, I want you to understand something. Maybe, maybe you're like that spiritually, right? And I get that. You, there's, there's areas of life where you need to know the details, okay? But spiritually, walking in faith with the Lord, where is the faith in that if you've got to know every detail of God's call for your life? Can I tell you, when I took this church, I didn't know what was going to happen. But I knew God called me to pastor, and I knew that it was here. Didn't know what was going to happen. But I was going to obey God's call. And God is blessed today, amen? And we're here today. I'm not saying be careless. I'm not saying be reckless. But I am saying trust God, the one who has sent you. There's two questions that we must answer about the call that God has put on our life. First off, if, you, if you're really wanting to, to discern whether or not God is calling you to this or not to this or whatever it is, if you're trying to discern God's call in your life, first off, the question you need to ask is, are you doing God's will? Now, now I'm going to get really practical here. Are you doing God's will? If you want to be where God wants you to be within the ministry he has called you in, you will be doing God's will in that ministry. In other words, God will never call you to disobey his written word. God is never going to lead you to, to, in a situation to where you have to think, hold on, God, is this what you act? No, no, no. God is going to be, a, he is a God of clarity. He is a God of truth. He is a God that shows you exactly his will when he desires to reveal it to you. How many people are called to certain ministries, but really it's not a ministry. For example, well, I'm called to coach. That's my ministry, right? I've, ta I've talked to people that have said that, right? And listen, hey, I've even said that. Well, I, I, I do a Bible study every now and again with them. Can I tell you something? It's funny how a lot of people say, well, I'm called to do this, but yet they do everything but glorify God there. God hasn't called you to that. Well, how many people are called to provide for their family and in doing so neglect spiritual leadership? Well, you know, the Bible says that I'm supposed to, you know, to, to bring the bread home and, and I'm supposed to be the breadwinner. I'm supposed to provide. You know what's more important than providing uh, physically for your family is to be the spiritual provider of your family. You do realize that your life is a ministry. Do not miss this. The word ministry is from the Greek word meaning to serve or the word meaning to serve as a slave. Now, hear me. Let's put this together real quick. Romans 1, ch uh, chapter 1, verse 1. Paul, a servant, a slave of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle. Paul, a servant, called. What did Paul do? Well, he served God and other people in the name of of Jesus. God will never call you to do anything that does not meet those parameters. Well, I just need to feed myself a little bit. That's not ministry. That's your daily walk with Christ. Well, I just need to work on myself. Well, you, 
You, you know what's funny to me is that we got a lot of people working on themselves, and they've been working on themselves. They have no intention of working on anything but themselves. We need to get over ourselves and start helping and serving other people. Th that's what ministry is. Listen, hey, I, I can't help that you neglect the word each day. I, I can't help that you, well, I just, I just need more of this and that. Did you know and you realize that there are more resources made available to us? Now, it can be dangerous. So make sure it's a good resource. But there are more resources made available to us that we can be fed in ways that disciples, the apostles, the Christians of the first church could never even dream of. But yet we're constantly struggling having to work on ourselves. That's not God's fault. That's our laziness and pride, church. Well, until I get myself right, I just can't do nothing for anybody else. Whew. That might be why churches are dying every single week. Are you still with me this morning? Is the microphone kind of throwing you off a little bit? My goodness. Okay. Does it sound good, Ronnie? That's all I need to hear. A little reverb. Okay. All right. Does anyone know what reverb is? Okay. Well, I know what it is, and I like it. All right. But anyway, secondly, the next question, are you doing God's will, right? The next question is this. Is anything getting in the way of your calling. What is stopping you from fulfilling your ministry? Now, it could be a lack of trust, right? Uh, well, if I do this, what will happen? If I join this team, what is that going to be? What am I, what's going to be expected from me? If I help a children's church, am I going to have to, God forbid me, have to speak to a kid about Jesus, right? If I had to, if I had to work in a nursery, does that mean I'm going to have to change a diaper? Can I tell you something? We've got to trust God, and when he calls us to do something, you say, well, God's not going to call me. God's going to call you to serve him and others, whatever that looks like in your life. Here's what you're not going to hear today. You're not going to hear me say, Jay, this is God's calling on your life. You know why? Because I don't know. But I'm going to tell you that he's called. He's called to do something. And I know it's within the parameters of serving God and others. Therefore, whatever that looks like, be faithful to it. Amen? Are you with me this morning? But it could be that it's a lack of trust. It could be laziness. If I join this team or ministry, I'll have to do a whole lot. That just may not fit in with what I got going on, preacher. You know, I want you to know that I have grown in compassion over the last seven years. I have grown in love. I don't know if you, some of the OGs that have been here the longest, you know that I used to be a little bit rough around the edges. Some of y'all thinking, you're not right now? <laughs> Believe it or not, no, I, I guess I am, but not as rough around the edges, you know what I'm saying? But I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, you know what I get tired of? And, and, and just, I mean, it, it just blows my mind when people excuse not being a part of a ministry or, 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 an, or something that is going to turn people to Christ, that is going to share the good news of Jesus, that is going to promote growth of the kingdom, the big C church, that they will not be a part of it because they're too busy. If you are too busy to serve God and others, hear me, you're too busy. You're going to have to start canceling some things out of your life. You're going to have to start removing some things out of your life. Listen, you, I want you to know I loved coaching. I loved it. Man, I loved it. I loved winning. 
It was like a just a stinking, I just loved it, right? And we stopped doing that right there at the end. So I was like, okay, I'm out. You know what I'm saying? But either way, I love coaching. But I realized that in my love of coaching, what would happen is this, man. I would be so busy doing everything else. And then all of a sudden, nighttime would come, Tuesday nights, Friday nights, just about all day Saturday. And I realized one day, man, I'm sitting here raising this family. I've got, I've got my wife at home. I've got, a, I've got two young girls at home. And I haven't seen them all stinking week. By the way, that is my first ministry. That is my church. That is the first church God has given me to pastor. And you know what? I think I'll, it could have been easy. Man, I'm doing this for the kids. Let me just tell you, those kids have been just fine me quitting so they didn't have to run as much as they did, okay? I just want you to tell you that. Those kids didn't care. But you know what? It kept on, kept on saying, man, I just, I need to hang on. I'm doing a good thing. I'm doing this and doing that. Then I, then I saw someone coach like I coach. And I turned to my and I said, do I look like that? And they went, yup. I was like, it's over. I can't do this anymore. But you know what happened? Hey, you had to prioritize because I was neglecting what was most important for something that was good. Hey, it's a good thing to coach. It's a good thing to be there for the kids. It's a good, th it's a good thing to build self-esteem. It's a good thing, but it's not the best thing. We got to start getting rid of some good things. Definitely the bad things. Get rid of the bad things. Just, just get those gone. Okay, let's just go ahead and put that there. But let's start getting rid of even some of the good things so we can start focusing on the best things. If you're too busy to serve God and others, you are, by definition, too busy. But for most people, what is stopping them from their calling is their sin. By the way, that laziness, that pride, that selfishness, that apathy, all these things can hinder ministry. Repent, arise, and go. God will never call you where he isn't already there. God will never call you to do something that he cannot sustain. You do realize that. You know, one of the biggest things that hinder me in my ministry is the, is the threat and the fear of failure. I don't like failing, church. If you like failing, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> but I don't, like, I don't like things not being successful. That's just what God has put in. I, I want whatever we do for the Lord, whatever we do here at Cedar Grove Baptist Church, I want it to be good. I want it to be great. I want it to be excellent. I want it to be glorifying and honoring to our Savior. And I want you to know something. If God starts it, it'll sustain. What did that Pharisee tell them when they were trying to get rid of the disciples? Hey, remember that one guy, right? I forget his name. It's an ax. I read it, I read it uh, on Friday. But remember that one guy, he had 400 followers, and, and, and they killed him, and they all scattered, and it was over. That movement was over. And then there was another guy, and, and man, he had a whole bunch of followers, but, but we killed him, and, 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 and his followers just dispersed. Hey, and what did he say? Hey, if it be of God, you better not do anything to him. If it be of God, we better join. If we be of God, let's see if God is in it. And if God is in it, it will continue. It will sustain. I want you to know the beauty about Cedar Grove Baptist Church is we've been on this hill now. It's probably been a you know, roller coaster ride for the last 200, almost 11 years. But you know what? We're still here. What God started back in 1813, he has sustained.
Church, look at verse 7 right there in Romans 1. Let's make it personal. To all that be in Rome, beloved of God, called to be saints. If you are born again, you are called. And your calling has the authority of God behind it. Not everyone is called to pastor or to teach. Could you imagine if we were all called to pastor? Church would be terrible. We'd be here for three days. You understand that? I don't think you understand what I'm saying. Could you imagine if we were all called to pastor? Y'all over here sleeping on me. I've only been talking for like 25 minutes. Right? Could you imagine if I got up, then, well, actually, Nick, you are about to get up and speak. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm kind of setting this up bad for you. But anyway, could you imagine if after Nick, someone else got up and started speaking? And after that, listen, hey, not, God doesn't just call us to the same thing. We can't all be pastor of a church. Right? God, God think about it. In, in the uh, Acts chapter 2, the 3,000 who were saved, we don't get too many names in the following letters of pastors and teachers, but we do, we do know that they were all in one accord. They were all loving Jesus together. They were all, hey, they were all like-minded, and the church grew. Yet God was served, people were served, and the church and the gospel reach grew. Who has sent you? I have a story from a pastor and this pastor says this. He tells a story of a friend who discovered his true calling in life. He had been a college English teacher, but suddenly quit his position to become a mailman. After hearing the man's reasons for resigning from teaching to become a mailman, the pastor tried to encourage him with the old Protestant work ethic. Charlie, if you're going to be a mailman, then be the best mailman in the world. To which his friend replied, I'm a lousy mailman. I'm the last one to get back to the post office every day. And besides, I can't sleep at night. When the preacher asked for an explanation, here's what the preacher heard. There are so many lonely people on my route who never had anyone visit them until I became their mailman. Have you ever tried to sleep after drinking 15 cups of coffee in one day? (laughs) The pastor reached an important conclusion about his friend Charlie. He was alive with the excitement that comes to a person doing something meaningful with his life. You cannot get more meaningful than being called by God to serve God and to serve others. Are you a good steward of his calling? Are you a good steward of the ministry? Church, God never called one saint. You you will not find one saint that he called, hey, Sit down. Hey, just don't do anything. He calls us, arise and go. Church, what does that mean for you? What has God called you to do? What is the ministry that you are to be a part of? How has God gifted you to be successful and to be able to sustain that calling on your life?